allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. microphone up here <laughs> it's monday once again february 21st uh, 2022 uh you're listening to sovereign minds the podcast uh let me mess with my volume here a little bit i'm not sure uh, down there. keep going down <laughs> <I'm> okay <just laughs> <laughs> i'm messing with your volume uh, <laughs> i sound like i'm not in the i'm out of the room here for some reason uh okay so yes we're back again it's monday I don't know. Am I? Can you guys hear mine uh, good? Uh, I don't know. It's kind of weird on my phones. Anyway, we're back. It's Monday. Sovereign Minds, the podcast, uh, brought to you by Mountaintop Media dot uh, com. <laughs> yes. Mount- don't forget the dot com. Yeah, you got very put, important. Got to put the mountaintopmedia.com in there. And uh, let's see. We and wanna- it usually comes up about the second one down on the page. It usually does. If you're not used to going to the site, uh-huh. yeah, it'll be the second one down. It's funny, mine goes straight in as uh, when I put it in, so I'm not sure what the what the difference is. Uh, before uh, we go any further, we want you to consider uh, you know uh, helping uh, support our program. We're looking for sponsors. We've picked up a couple sponsors this last week. Uh, we got Julie Foster down in uh, Red Bluff uh, with uh, Foster Insurance. Uh, yes, Allstate, I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. that's the main one. Is Allstate? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then we also uh, are, have uh, picked up, it looks like, a new sponsor down here in Reading at Crackmasters, uh, Jeff over there. Sure. So we'll uh, have uh, more advertising as soon as we solidify everything. We haven't got all of our contracts up and running. And yeah, all we that have stuff a couple prices, more, but, but we can always uh, take on more, too. Well, as soon as- <laughs> There's no limit to how many sponsors that we can... Uh- well, and uh, like I say, we'll have that program a lot more together as we as we go along here. Uh, so you can uh, donate to Pecan. It's a 501c3. Uh, all donations are tax deductible. If you want to get a hold of us, it's 530-221-0101. You can send checks in to... 14421 Old Oregon Trail, Suite B, <laughs> Redding, California, 96003. And remember, if you send in a check, please put in the memo... Uh, media. There you that way it. we know for sure where to put you. Don't forget, we need to get some kind of fancy little thing that comes up and says like, share, hit the button, all that stuff. We need a little guy that goes across the bottom of yeah, the screen like or something. Like the price slasher in the old yeah. days, you know. <laughs> but don't forget to like, share, and then smash the bell. That's right. very important. All right, with that, let's pull up our uh, clips here. The first one we want to do is our music is, uh, as always, is uh, tradition uh, becoming tradition. And that's going to be uh, High Res and Jimmy Levy. 
Uh, welcome to the revolution. I, I like these guys. I'm not a big rap guy, but I like these guys because, uh, you know, the message is good. You know, they got some pretty good music, too. It's not bad. So uh, go ahead and uh, hit the play button, uh, Eli. You not comply with the institution's sick illusion. No, it won't be televised. Welcome to the good uh you know I, I like this no sheep in my inner circle uh but you know they're putting out some pretty good music and i think the thing to take away from that is the fact that uh you know we're uh we're uh seeing the young younger generation uh i don't know you know i was thinking about that the other day i mean the younger generation is not the younger generation anymore you know i mean we're getting old you know but uh you know uh we got a few generations that come up you know yeah i mean i'm not even that. sure how it goes whether it's gen x or Boomers, Gen X, I'm not even sure how it goes, but uh, but it looks like a lot of the people are waking up and seeing the writing on the wall through because of alternative media, you know, podcasts like ours. I mean, and there's so many others. It's probably you know. Well, it used to be that they you know wouldn't uh, reach across the aisle, so to speak, to us older people, right? Like they are now, right? You know, we didn't know anything. You know, how did you guys get to be so old? You know, there was no communication like there was, <clears throat> right? You know, that's becoming no, now no, with them. No acquired wisdom with age, which is a big mistake. So let's uh, let's yeah. uh, pull up our first, uh, we're going to play five minutes and 15 seconds of this. And then I, what I want, I'd like to do more of this as we go along each week a little bit. But I want to focus on this. Uh, this is called The Hidden Secrets of Money. This is by Mike Maloney, or Malone. And... Uh, uh, I've uh, been a fan of his for years and years and years, and uh, I think we need to understand the importance of our monetary system and our taxation. And this is part of what we're talking about: is that uh, you know, we if we don't understand it, we become a victim of it. And by having some understanding of it, you can uh, you know protect yourself a little bit. So, well, um, if you don't know, basically, kind of like if you don't know the rules, how do you, how can you play the game correctly? Right. You know? So we're going to start from the beginning, Eli. Those when I put those marks on, it's always the first, you know, part. And so go ahead and uh, uh, play it, and then I'll we'll do some more explaining. Uh, exp explaining. It's explaining. That has huge effects for everyone it. who lives on this planet. Most people can feel deep down that something isn't quite right with the world economy but few 
know what it is. Gone are the days where a family can survive on just one paycheck. Every day it seems things are more and more out of control, yet only one in a million understand why. You are about to discover the system that is ultimately responsible for most of the inequality in our world today. The powers that be do not want you to know about this, as this system is what has kept them at the top of the financial food chain for the last 100 years. Learning this will change your life because it'll change the choices that you make. If enough people learn it, it'll change the world because it'll change the system. For this is the biggest hidden secret of money. Never in human history have so many been plundered by so few. And it's all accomplished through this, the biggest scam in the history of mankind. They say that money doesn't grow on trees, but the truth is that the modern banking system creates currency far faster than trees can grow. Most people don't have a clue how currency is created. Economists and bankers make it sound so complex that people think they can't understand it. But I'm going to strip our monetary system down to its essence so that you can see the scam behind the curtain and just how it affects you. Every modern society creates currency in pretty much the same way. But since the US dollar is the majority of the world's currency, I'm going to use the United States as our example. It all starts when some politician says, vote for me and I'll make sure the government provides you more free stuff than my opponent will. But there's no such thing as a free lunch. So to provide that supposedly free stuff, the politicians vote for the country to spend more than its income. This is called deficit spending. To pay for that deficit spending, the Treasury borrows currency by issuing a bond. So what's a bond? If you think about it, a bond is really nothing but a glorified IOU. It's a pretty piece of paper with numbers printed on it that says, loan me a trillion dollars today and I promise over a 10-year period I'm going to pay you back that trillion dollars plus interest. But what you need to understand is that treasury bonds are our national this debt. This dates it showing the These national debt at 16 trillion are to be paid or 30 back trillion. Now and I and our descendants through future taxation. Therefore, when the government issues a bond, it steals prosperity out of the future so that it can spend it today. The Treasury then holds a bond auction, and the world's largest banks show up and compete to buy part of our national debt and make a profit on it by earning interest. You'll notice that as we move through this process, the big banks are there, taking a cut every step of the way. This isn't by chance, as you'll see shortly. Then, through a shell game called open market operations, the banks get to sell some of those bonds to the Federal Reserve at a profit. To pay for the bonds, the Federal Reserve opens up its big old checkbook and writes bad, bogus, counterfeit checks that should bounce because they're drawn on an account that always has a zero balance, there isn't one penny in there. To quote from the Boston Federal Reserve, when you or I write a check, there must be sufficient funds in our account to cover that check. But when the Federal Reserve writes a check, there is no bank deposit on which that check is drawn. When the Federal Reserve writes a check, it is creating money. The Fed then hands those checks to the banks, and at this point, currency springs into existence. The banks then take that currency and buy more bonds at the next treasury auction. But what is a check? A check is also an IOU. When you write a check, you're making a note that says, here's my IOU for cash. All you have to do is go to the bank and pick it up. Now, it's very, very important that you understand this process 
because we're going to come back later and show you the devastating effect this has on you. The Treasury issues IOUs, bonds. The banks then buy those IOUs with currency. The Federal Reserve then writes IOUs, checks, and hands them to the banks in exchange for the Treasury's IOUs, the bonds. And currency is created. So what's really happening is the Federal Reserve and the Treasury are just swapping IOUs, using the banks as middlemen, and abracadabra, presto, currency magically springs into existence. This process repeats and repeats over and over again, enriching the banks and indebting the public by raising the national debt. The end result is that there's a buildup of bonds at the Federal Reserve and currency at the Treasury. This process is also where all paper currency comes from. The Federal Reserve and the government mistakenly call it base money because they didn't watch episode one of this series and they don't know the difference between money and currency. But I will correctly refer to it as base currency because it is not money. It is currency and as we've learned, there is a big difference. Money has to be a store of value and maintain its purchasing power over long periods of time. We learned in episode one that earlier in our history, our paper currency was just a claim check. It was a representation for real money of intrinsic value, the gold and silver that was held on deposit at the treasury. You could walk into any bank and slap your currency, like say a $20 bill, on the counter and redeem it for real money, a $20 gold piece. But now, this base currency that's piling up back here is really nothing but a receipt or a claim check on an IOU, that bond. So it's really nothing but a supply of numbers. The Treasury then deposits the newly created currency into the various branches of the government, and the politicians say, hey, thanks for that. And the government does some deficit spending on public works, social programs, and war. The government employees, contractors, and soldiers then deposit their pay in the banks. Now this may come as a shock to you, but when you deposit your currency with the bank, you're not actually depositing it into an account to be safely held in trust for you. Instead, you're actually loaning the bank your currency, and within certain legal limits, they can do with it pretty much anything they please. This includes gambling in the stock market and loaning it out. Let's, stop, let's stop there. Where, where are we at? Yeah, we're st let's stop there. Now, I want to explain some things, and we'll probably play the rest of this at a future date, but uh, I want to uh, explain some things about what's uh, being said here. Now, when he says that there, that this uh, is create, causing uh, a future debt, he's talking about our children having to pay the interest on this debt. Right. What it does is create perpetual slavery by doing this. You know, the Bible verses, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower was servant to the lender. Well, a servant is a, is, is a form of slavery. You know, it's indentured servitude. Maybe you're not working out in the field, but if you owe somebody a, a huge sum of money, then you're working for them. For them, yeah. Okay, so that's you're indebted is. to them. Now, the other thing to take from this is he's talking about currency and not money. This is all currency, fiat currency with no backing, which is, and I got a quote here from J.P. Morgan, gold is money, everything else is credit. So the only real money uh, in, in the world is gold and silver. I mean, uh, according to uh, tradition, according to, right. uh, you, know, uh, you know, gold and silver is the only thing that should be coined in the United States Constitution. The reason why is it can't be counterfeited, it's finited, you can't make it up out of thin air, Okay. So, and that, a lot of people get that confused between money and currency. Yes. That's yes. a big uh, deception for a lot of people because they automatically think you got the green dollar in your hand, that's money. Well, Jefferson said uh, that uh, 
uh, currency is only the ghost of money. It's not real money. And that's what he was talking right. about. That we wanted uh, backing, okay? So the other thing is that they're issuing debt, not money. If they were paying gold out, then that would be a real money. But they're not pulling gold out of the treasury. What they're doing is they're issuing debt. So our, our currency is debt to a bank, a private bank, which just recently they came out and found out, uh, they revealed that the people who own it are J.P. Morgan, uh, Goldman Sachs, no. you know, all these guys. So, <laughs> right. so go ahead and let's go back up to our clips. And what I want to illustrate is that we're going to talk about inflation because we hear that a lot in the news lately. And uh, inflation is uh, so. Go back to our to our uh, to our clips. And, and so I want to start out with uh, uh, the clip on. Uh, let me get my notes up here. Uh, I want to start out with the clip, uh, uh, define inflation economic sources. Uh, yeah. Now, here's what I want to illustrate here. Look at how many definitions of inflation there are. Inflation <laughs> is the decline of purchasing power of a given currency over time. Inflation and economics collectively, now that's the only one that's even close to being right, a supply of money and money and prices. are in. Two days ago, volumes of capital defined in terms, they just go on and on. If, if, you, if you read all this, by the time you get through, if you're not confused, then you have no idea. I mean, <laughs> inflation is a situation of rising prices in, 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 in the economy. No, it's not. Well, That's it's kind of scary that you have so many different definitions of one word, depending yeah. on who's defining. Well, it used to be in the old dictionaries, it's a real simple definition. But I want to illustrate how they're confusing it, and either they're stupid uh, and confusing it on purpose, or, 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 or you know, they're just stupid, they don't understand it, and they're uneducated, I should say, but uh, or they understand it and they're, uh, you know, purposefully deceiving people. Let's go to the Nancy Pelosi clip. Okay, let's play Nancy here. And uh, Nancy's, uh, uh, yeah, I know. It's about a minute we want to hear. Here's Nancy's definition of inflation, which is it's completely ludicrous, but you'll, you'll, you'll see. Go ahead. Yeah. That the inflation thing, because people are saying, well, what we're spending is causing inflation. The fact that people have jobs always contributes to increase in inflation, and that's a good thing. But inflation is not a good, you know, we have to contain it. wages are not keeping up with prices. That's right. And, and uh, let me just say about um, what Congress has been doing. When we did uh, the, um, the Competes Act last week, what contributes to inflation? People, more people having jobs, scarcity of product, which, which makes uh, prices go up, and the rest. So when we passed the Competes Act last Friday, this was a giant step forward. Now we have to go to conference with the Senate, and we will shortly, and we'll send it to the president's desk. But what that does is address the supply chain shortages that we have. Stop and it right there. What a load of hooey. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's go <laughs> to the next uh, 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 mark up there. What is real inflation? Now, this is interesting. The, the definition of real inflation. Let's go down a little farther because here is go, right there. Okay, price inflation versus monetary inflation. They're two different things. And technically, price inflation is when prices get higher and it takes more money to buy the same item. Okay. Uh, and that is what common people think to, to you know define the word of inflation. That is an effect of inflation. If you go down to the next paragraph, monetary inflation. No, no, uh, you were right there. You're, you're right there. Uh, right you're there. Okay, yeah. Monetary inflation is a increase in the supply of money, which results in price inflation. Now, that's a key thing to understand because an increase in the supply of money 
is is the real definition of inflation. What you're doing is you have more and more money being printed up, you know, kind of like what we're talking about with the debt being issued right. and going into circulation, and that's causing the price inflation. So that it takes that, more of it. Well, it, there's more money in circulation yeah. chasing the same amount of goods and services, and it acts as a hidden tax on the consumer in that country and is the primary cause of inflation. So when they say, when she's talking about inflation, she's not even defining. She doesn't even know what it is. She's saying that people who have a jobs Job are the causes cause of, of inflation. inflation. Now, yeah. I lean towards she's deceptive, but, you know, you could... Stupid could get right in there, too, because, uh, you, you know, so monetary inflation is commonly referred to as printing money. Oh, <laughs> isn't that funny? Although the actual process is a bit more complicated than just cranking up the press, uh, but it, effects are exactly the same. When they're talking about printing money, they're talking about the presses, but nowadays all they uh, do is they type the digits. Computer. Yeah, yeah they just digital. type digits, and it's all digits going back and forth. Yeah. But. When we went back and looked at that uh, clip with Mike Maloney, the debt was at $16 trillion. Now we're at $30 trillion. Do you think Easy. they're increasing? Are they increasing the supply of money, which is causing the price inflation because they're increasing the supply of monetary in inflation? Right. Well, Absolutely. of course, yeah. Pretty basic stuff. Yeah. And with all this free money, all these stimulus checks, that's exactly what they're doing even more so. They're doing this absolutely on purpose. Yeah. Because uh, what's happened, we'll get to the last quote, and, and I want to talk about this Keynesian economics crap, because that's what this is about. This is about Keynesian economics, and everybody who's getting turned out of the schools is talking about Keynesian economics, okay? So, so here's the, this is from the Mises Institutes, which, which is against Keynesian economics, and this, this, the, the economics are from uh, John Maynard Keynes, who taught to the university sophomores in the last decade, blah, 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 blah. But what he did, is he laid out this new type of, of economic theory uh, that uh, was trying to explain, they said, the, uh, the Great Depression. Okay? So, so but, uh, you know, Mises, which is a free market economy, they're free market economists, old school that talks about supply and demand and all things like that, is different. What Keynesian says is government... Is the acceptance of economy a fundamental Keynesian peaked in the 60s as recent decades? Enthusiasm for Keynes has waxed, but they're still uh, implementing it. What he's talking about is that the federal government is the net supplier, and they are the ones that are you know stopping the insta instability by putting money into circulation as the economy wanes and taking it out and lowering taxes. So he has this complete theory of of and it's total crap. You know that's why we're in the trouble that we're in. So let's go to... Isn't to, it based to, um, when they say that it's not just money, it's all other assets when it comes to the Keynesian... I can't say it. Keynesian. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, they refer to that, that any other asset besides money in their equation, maybe I'm... I'm, no, I'm not sure where you're okay. going. Yeah, so, so but, but it's, it's just a <clears throat> way of looking at this. Now, I think... This, uh, if we go, let's go to the next. Socialism is the biggest. Uh, get scroll down just a little bit here, so we can. Bring there we go. Socialism is the socialism's biggest hero is the bourgeoisie British capitalist. <laughs> so John uh, Maynard Keynes or John Maynard Keynes felt a little solidarity for workers, and uh, and you can stop there. Uh, 
So famously claim that the class war will find me on the side of the educated bourgeoisie. Now, this is Marxism. What he's promoting is Marxism, basically, through this economic system. And this is what the, the, the uh, uh, progressives are all following. So let's let's go down and just look at the dark taglines on the right. So Keynesian did not uh, get that out of there. <laughs> Keynesian did famously claim that the class war will find me on the side of the educated bourgeoisie. Now, those terms class war, where does that come from? That's Marxism, bourgeoisie, Marxism. Let's go down to the next tagline. And you guys can look this all up. Uh, just see, uh, blah, 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 although Milton Freeman, okay, right there. The Keynesian economics that ruled the disciplinary and policy roost in the post-war golden age and justifies its welfare-oriented institutions, such as public housing and collective bargaining, was not was absolutely not left-wing and certainly did not understand it, itself as such. I mean, talk about gobbledygook. Let's right, go down yeah. a little farther. Let's see the next tagline. All right. The distance between the Keynesian camps today originates in the contrasting post-war traje trajectories, <laughs> and for the most part, it has uh, tended to only grow wider. So, so what they're doing here, and you could read this whole article. I mean, the New Keynesian, such as Krugman. Okay, if you look right there next, New Keynesianism, such as Krugman. Well, Paul Krugman is who everybody listens to right now. Okay. And he's supposed to be the guru of economics, but most all these people on the on the left side in the media, they're all they're all uh, using Keynesianism as their as their doctrine for economic uh, uh, theory. Let's go down a little farther. Oh, oh, who, who was that? Who was that guy? <laughs> the New Green Deal for public. Who is that guy? That's Bernie Sanders. Wow, maybe the Keynesianists are not just um, economic theory. Maybe it's a, a means to an end. Okay. Because what we're talking about here is government controlling the cash, government controlling the economy, government, you know, uh, pretty much in charge of the eco uh, the uh, economy. Okay, so uh, you know, <laughs> a broad a, while a broadly centrist or what Americans call liberal the centrist, these guys are centrist. All right, let's go down to the next uh, tagline to the right. There we go. Keynesian ideas are one of the few things that seem to have uh, the potential to unite a viable left coalition. Now, isn't that interesting? Wow, okay. Now, no, I mean, so, again, I'm skipping through this to try to not confuse you with all the crap of Keynesianism, but to give you the points of really what they're talking about right there. Not, not that these use are radical truly radical, many of them formulate sophisticated socialist socialism based on, on ideas of Marx. <laughs> but as radical individuals pro-Marx, well, you can't be both. But the radical individualist pro-market and increasingly unforgiving economy thinking has dominated American debate. You can't be both. You can't say I'm a ra you know a pro-market, free market economist, but I'm still uh, uh, you know formulating sophisticated socialistic ideas. Well, you can if you change the definition all the well, time. You, and you, you can everything. if you're lying and you're well, not. Well, yeah, you know, I'm not okay. telling the truth exactly how the how it's working for so the people. Keynes Keynes has become the essential. Uh, too much of the left. Too much of the left party because the widespread sense of impending crisis calls out. Uh, desperately for something to be done. This is the don't let a good crisis go to waste crap. 
Okay, where have we heard that before? And again, I'm not going to read this whole times thing. from the left. Okay, so let's let's go down to the next. Uh, uh, there you go, next tab. Keynesian economics is is Keynesian economics is a macroeconomic uh, uh, economic theory uh, of total spending in the economy with its effects on output, employment, and see effects on employment. It's uh, you know Nancy's back there saying employment is the cause of uh, right uh, of of inflation and inflation. Keynesian economics was developed by John uh, John Maynard Keynes during the 1930s in an attempt to understand the Great Depression. Uh, you know, so so we look at all this stuff, and, and on the second paragraph, based on his theory, uh, Keynes advocated for increased government expenditures and lower taxes. Oh, isn't <laughs> they never? How, how does that work? To stimulate demand and pull the economy out of the depression. Subsequently, Keynesian economics was used to refer to the concept that optimal economic performance could be achieved and economic slumps could be prevented by influencing aggregate demand through activist uh, uh, stabilization and uh, economic intervention policies by the government. See, this is this is socialism. This is it's communism. All by the government. <clears throat> Everything's Everybody by the government. the government. So the reason that they 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 bound men down with the chains of a constitution is because you didn't want the government in the money. That's why they said gold and silver was only legal tender in the constitution, because they didn't want this kind of thing happening. We also know that back in the day uh, <clears throat> during the revolution, they counterfeited money to win the war, and that was the only time, Washington said that was the only time that counterfeiting was actually, uh, you know, did some good. Right. Be because they won the war with it, but they also st suffered a staggering inflation rate, and they had a couple of bad winners, and they made counterfeiting or, or printing of, of money, money a punishable by death. Yeah. That's how serious they thought it was. So when we look at this uh, whole thing, and we look at the total, you know, the total... Uh, you know what's the what's the end game here? Let's go to the next uh, 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 tab here, and I think this is the end game. This is a this is a quote from John Maynard Keynes. Okay, by continual by continuing a process of inflation, government can confiscate secretly and unobserved an important part of the wealth of their citizens. Now do we see the end game? Why yeah. the confusion? Why don't they they talk about this? Why is Nancy Pelosi saying it's because we're we're we we we're employed that we're see that blame the the people who are victims of it, not the real problem. The real problem is the banking system working in collusion with the government to inflate the currency because they're the beneficiaries of the huge debt and the interest that is owed to them for doing nothing but putting digits in a computer and, and buying treasury bonds. Right. But if they told the people this, they wouldn't go along with it. If the people knew this more and more, <laughs> they wouldn't go along with the program so easy. Uh, you think? So, right. of course, they got to do the smoke and mirror thing. Well, I think Henry Ford said something to the effect that if the American people understood uh, the banking system, uh, that they would we be, wouldn't have one. They would revolt tomorrow. And uh, in yeah. fact, I think John Adams said that all the confusion and perplexity in, in America and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, uh, all the confusion and, uh, and perplexity in America is not from want of honor or virtue, but from downright current, uh, uh, ignorance of uh, coin, credit, and circulation. This is what he was talking about. Because if you let these big boys uh, go in there, and this has been going on for a long time. This is how the Rothschilds uh, virtually yeah, took over you through the banking system. from the beginning. From the banking system. Yeah, the so they got over the here and they said, we wanted solid money, you know, that they just couldn't print out of anything and charge interest and so forth. So, But I think this, this last quote really says, 
says it all. So these guys know that this is a tax. This is a way to confiscate your wealth. This is a way to dilute your buying power. Because if you got $100,000 sitting in the bank and they print up another $100,000, they spend it first. They get the full benefit of the $100,000. They just diluted your cash by half. So Easy, now your yeah. cash is only worth $50,000. And so if you get this on a grand scale and you're seeing 7% inflation, 9% inflation, what's happening is their system is confiscating our wealth. Okay. So I think that's the thing to take away from this Keynesian crap. And you can, you know, research this until you're blue in the face. But I wanted to cut through the crap a little bit uh, to kind of give you the real gist of what this is about. This is about wealth confiscation. This is about uh, taxing people so they don't know they're being taxed. Yeah. And that way you don't have any property. You have nothing. You have absolutely nothing and because you're and, taxed to and, death. And, and as Klaus Schwab it. said, you'll own nothing and you'll like it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so I'm with just, that said, I think we're at the end of the show. We are. So we'll try to come back. And the next stage of this is typically war. Well, it's kind of lurking out there a little bit because right now. As soon as you start figuring this thing out and the people become aware of it or somebody starts standing up against it, then all of a sudden we, it seems like we just go to war. Yeah. Just just a coincidence. Well, people are starting to stand up, so... Anyway. Who knows? Yeah. So, uh, we'll end with our quote, Government is not reason, it is not eloquence, it is force, and force like fire is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. George Washington, we'll see you guys see ya in the next, next episode. Time.